0: Our scripture reading today comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, chapter 4, beginning in verse 21. Since you really listened to him, and you were taught how the truth is in Jesus, change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit And clothe yourself with the new person created according to God's image in justice and true holiness. Therefore, after you've gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor, because we're parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work using their hands to do good so that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it's needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and slander, along with every other evil. Be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other in the same way God forgave you in Christ. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open.
1: What do you think would happen if you were not able to lie. Uh, many years ago, uh, some of you may remember that Jim Carey came out with a movie called Liar, Liar and he played the uh, character of Fletcher Reed. Uh, he's a fast witted attorney. Uh, he was a habitual liar and he was a divorced dad. And he perpetually would put his work ahead of the needs of his family, and he would always have these failed promises to his son, Max. Well, one day, Max had enough. It was his birthday, and his dad promised he would be there, and of course, his dad missed it. And he wished that his dad couldn't tell a lie for 24 hours. Now, the chaos and craziness that ensue after this makes for a classic Jim Carrey movie. You know, we're in a series here called Undistracted, and this sermon series is based on the book by Bob Goff with that same name. I encourage you to, to, to get the book off Amazon, get it on your Kindle. There's lots of stuff in there on how we can become undistracted in our faith journey, our walk with God. Today, we're going to be looking at relationships, how focused relationships with God and each other can help us grow in our faith. You know, in our our culture, lying has become commonplace just like Fletcher in the movie, we bend the truth so often that many times we don't even realize that we are doing it. Have you ever jumped on your social media feed and been a little bit jealous about how everyone else is just living their best life? We all know that they're not living their best life. Uh, life is never as good as it is on social media we bend the truth a bit so we can make ourselves look better than we really are how many times have you ever asked someone how's your day going or maybe better yet how many times have you been asked how your day is going and you say it's fine when it's really falling apart why are these little white lies so important to us? You know, it, it could be that, that we just don't believe it when people ask us that. Uh, as, I was, as I was preparing for this sermon, I, I decided to put this to the test a little bit, and one day I went by Publix to get lunch, and I decided I was gonna ask the person at the deli how they were doing. And I wasn't gonna do it in a pleasantry kind of way, right? I made eye contact and and I really genuinely asked, how are you doing? And have you ever seen someone's train of thought break? Like she went from being Publix deli worker to to her true self, and my first thought was, oh no. (laughs) What did you do? And she looked at me for a second And she was about to say something, and then she said, I'm okay. And I thought that close to having a real conversation with someone. In Goff's book, he says that it's a sad reality that we sacrifice authenticity for the sake of appearances. You know, it's not only lying when we do that. It's robbing us of the opportunity to connect with each other. It's also robbing God of the opportunity to walk alongside us as we go through life. Uh, Bob Goff puts it this way. God doesn't want us to try to be anything or anyone other than who we are. His masterpiece in the making. If you're going to have undistracted relationships, you're going to have to take the real risk of being authentic. And the scripture that Brett read for us today, it comes from Paul writing to the Ephesians, now, now, this letter is is organized in two sections. The first section, paul is is giving his theological argument, his theological that's a you know churchy word to say he was giving the argument of the way he thinks about God in that first part, and then in the second part. He's giving people the advice of how to make it happen, how to live out your faith. Now this passage contains a lot of moral advice that can be found in many other places in this ancient world. So nothing in this text is is really new or groundbreaking. Uh, Most scholars see what Paul is doing here which is framed around our baptism. He has a lot of conversations about making things new, taking off the old self and making things new. Uh, Interwoven all throughout this letter, you you see references to death and life. Putting away your old habits and being marked new by the Holy Spirit. In other words, instead of simply being encouraged to do good works, you know, or or the community is continually reminded that we are a part of what Jesus is doing in the world, we are interwoven. With Christ, The result that Paul is going for here is an undistracted life lived out in the love of Christ, rooted in the way of Jesus. Now, this text gives us a good idea of how we can actually do that. Uh, in verse 22, Paul says, Change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit and clothe yourself with a new person created according to God's image in justice and true holiness. One of the things that we believe to be true about our relationship with God is that becoming this new person that Paul talks about, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. It's something that happens with small changes over time. It's something that takes intentionality, it takes lots of work. Uh, you'll probably get tired of me saying it, but but in sermons I call this bridging the gap, right? Becoming uh, less of who we really are right now and more of who God desires us to be. Yeah, I heard a story on a podcast this week uh, about a man who lost 80 pounds uh, just by adding exercise to his life. And this intrigued me because I've been on a weight loss journey for 25 years. And, uh, and uh, James Clear was the one telling the story who wrote the book Atomic Habits. Great book if you haven't read it. It's fantastic. And he talked about how you have to start with small changes and how this, this gentleman got a gym membership, drove to the gym, got out of his car, would go sit on an exercise bike and barely ride it for five minutes and then leave. Can you imagine what the regulars at the gym was saying about this guy? But over time, he went from thinking himself as a person who needed to lose weight to thinking of himself as a person who exercises. And that time would increase. Those small changes over time brought real transformation. For us to focus on our relationship with God and each other the first thing we need to do is to be honest. Verse 25. Therefore, after you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor because we are parts of each other in the same body. Paul's encouraging the people to live in this new life that they have received in Jesus. It could be very well that Paul is echoing an Old Testament text in Zechariah. Zechariah means God remembers. And the people in the time of Zechariah, in this Old Testament time, the first part of Zechariah, they are wandering in the wilderness anticipating the promised land at the end of Zechariah they're living in prosperity in this promised land as people uh, of God and it's wonderful but in verse eight they're right in between how many times are we right in between things we're in a tough time but we know the best is yet to come and we're just right there in that middle space Here's what Zachariah says when they are in that space. This is eight, fifteen through 17. Don't be afraid. And now here's what I want you to do. Tell the truth, the whole truth, when you speak. Do the right thing by one another, both personally and in your courts. Don't cook up plans to take unfair advantage of others. Do not say what isn't so. I hate all that stuff. Keep your lives simple and honest. There in the Old Testament pages of Zechariah and in this letter that Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, they're encouraging people to live undistracted lives in their relationships with one another You know, when we read these texts, we can't help but read it through our modern day lens of how we view the world. And so we tend to read these texts more uh, in an individualistic way. How does lying affect me? (laughs) How does it hurt me? And that's not bad. Bad, that's just who we are as a culture. We're, we're, we celebrate our individualistic freedoms and the way we live our life. But we have to remember what Zechariah and Ephesians, they wouldn't have viewed it that way at all. They would have viewed it through a lens of community. How has the community been affected? when we're not honest with each other? When we intentionally lie to each other, how does it hurt the community? When we choose to not be honest, we choose to suffer. When we choose not to be honest, we choose to hurt other people. For us to focus on our relationships, we need to be honest. And we need to deal with our anger. Verses 26 and 27. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. How many of y'all heard that? Those that are married and marriage counseling, don't go to bed before you're, uh, while you're angry. Uh, don't provide an opportunity for the devil. You know, in some really uh, highly um, sentimentalized versions of the Christian faith, we're taught that anger is sin. I don't know if you've ever gotten that impression from the church, uh, but I sure have in in my years. And, And Paul here is saying that that's just not the case. But he's saying that anger has its limits. Even those of us with just a basic knowledge of the Bible know that there's some passages in there that show some pretty angry things, don't we? You know, the prophets, Amos, for example, can hardly contain the outrage of the people of Israel when they go against the covenant. Jesus was set in the temple and turned the tables over. Paul, who wrote this letter to the Ephesians in Galatians, was livid at them for turning against the way of God. You know, one of the things that I've picked up is that when anger is expressed by God in the Bible, it's generally because the religious people, hello, us, are not following the way God intends us. To live, God may be slow to anger, but that doesn't mean that God does not get angry. God gets upset when his people turn to bad habits like lying. God is love, love is always outraged by betrayal. We must be careful in our anger. Paul warns the Ephesians to not to let the sun go down on their anger. He recognizes how anger can quickly consume our lives and overtake every part of who we are. We'll nurse a grudge, won't we? And we'll seek ways to take revenge on other people. That's what happens when we allow those bad habits to seep into our life. Anger itself is not an issue for Paul, but rather how we deal with that anger. You know, for us to be able to have a focused relationship with God and with each other, we need to tell the truth, we need to appropriately deal with our anger, and we need to be kind. A huge theme throughout all of Paul's writing is the idea of building up the body of Christ. Uh, At the 8.30 service this morning, Mike Holley says that the old self tears down the body of Christ while the new self lifts up the body of Christ. Remember, How much of our culture shapes how we view scriptures from that individualistic lens. We as people have to be more interested in each other, in the community, than being right. Paul writes it this way in verses 29 through 30. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. I'm going to give a little bit of time out. Uh, This is Eugene Peterson's The Message, so it's a little bit different than what Brett read for us earlier. And I'm going to paraphrase his paraphrase. A paraphrase is not a translation. It's, It's what somebody has, in story form, said what the scriptures say. So I'm going to paraphrase Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your social media feed. Say what only helps. Each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Paul's arguing here that behaviors that tear down people grieve the very heart of God. And that makes him angry. In today's world, we got a real problem with this we will tear people down in a second and not even feel bad about it. If it suits what I want, and my agenda, gloves are off. I heard a quote this week that really bent my brain, as Michael Bowman would say. Uh, I'm going to give Phil Vischer of VeggieTales fame the The credit for this quote, but I'm not sure it's original to him, but he's the one I heard say it. I want you to think about this for a moment. We cannot abandon the way of Jesus to fulfill the will of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. We cannot abandon the way of Jesus to fulfill the will of Jesus. In other words, the ends can't justify the means. Or like Lou Holtz, former uh, Notre Dame coach and South Carolina coach, I heard him say at a conference one time, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing or the right time to do the wrong thing. There's no emergency so large, so awful, where anything other than kindness should be the response. I debated saying that for days because I thought of all the things that were worth an angry response and there are plenty, especially for people who've been hurt, for people who've lost loved ones due to negligence. But then I started thinking about it. The way of Jesus, we can't abandon the way of Jesus to get the will of Jesus and I thought of Jesus. In the garden before he's crucified, do you remember what happens? They come to arrest him and Peter pulls out a sword and chops off the dude's ear and Jesus says, stop it. And he picks up the ear and he puts it back on and heals the man. Jesus is taken to a trial. A mock trial decision's already been made. He's spit on. He's beaten. He's taken on a long, painful journey to the cross where he's crucified. And while he's sitting on that cross, do you remember what he said? Forgive them. Forgive them. want to close today with the words that closed our scripture reading. This is verse 32. Be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other in the same way God forgave you in Christ. In the movie Liar, Liar, uh, Fletcher's thrown that loop of not being able to lie all day long. And he has a very hard, difficult day. (laughs) But yet, at the end of the day, he realizes that integrity is everything. And he promises his son, Max, that he'll never tell another lie again he shed off those old clothes and he put on something new. And he got his son back. Now I want to encourage you not to miss next week. You know, sometimes we're so distracted by the things in life that we even forget to focus on our faith. And next week we're going to look at this story from Peter, how Peter... uh, was able to focus and unfocus on his faith in the midst of fear. We hope that you'll come back for that. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the way in which you love us. Oh God, help us to make those small changes in our life so that we can become closer to the person you've created us to be. Help us to be honest with each other. Help us to deal with our anger in appropriate ways. And oh God, help us to be kind and forgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.